We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All systems are good. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Oh my goodness! Welcome back to another one on Insight. I'm CVV Chris Van Fleet, and that is why this is Ask CVV. These are my favorite episodes that we do because it's just me and you hanging out, and we're answering all of the questions that you have. And wherever you are right now, whatever you're doing, whether you're walking the dog or you're working out or you're driving to work, maybe you are working. I could list off 14 other scenarios here, but whatever you're doing, we're hanging out and I appreciate you for being here. And if you have a question for the next Ask CVV episode, just use the hashtag AskCVV on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, and we'll try to get in as many as we can. I've said this so many times before, but if you haven't hit follow yet, I don't ask for a ton, but if you haven't hit follow yet, please hit follow wherever you're listening to the show. It helps so much. And it blows my mind that like 75% of the people who listen to the show still haven't hit follow. And I'm guessing you've listened to more than one episode. I mean, if you're on an Ask CVV episode, you're a real one. So please hit that follow button because the bigger the show gets, the better the guests can get. And you've seen the guest lineup we've had over the last handful of months. I mean, my goodness, just this year in general, this year in general, if you look at the last 12 months, we've had The Rock, Stone Cold, The Undertaker, L.A. Knight, yeah, Cody Rhodes, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair. Of course, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. And we're working on lining up some really big ones in the next few months here. So. Please hit follow wherever you're listening, and the show can continue to grow. We're in the top five right now. We're one of the top wrestling podcasts on the planet because of you. Top five? Do you think we can get to top four? Then top three? We've been top two for you know a few weeks, but could we close in on that number one spot? I think the answer, of course, is yes. So thanks for being with us. If you enjoy this episode, please share it with a friend. Or if one of your questions get an- gets answered here, Share that with a friend and go, oh my gosh, at the, whatever it is, 17-minute mark, my question got answered. Oh, this is so cool. So snap a screenshot, tag me on social media. I'm pretty great at responding to those and also retweeting them or sharing them on my stories. So just tag me at Chris Van Fleet and we'll share those out. But let's dive into this. We'll start with the first one here from 
Chad L429 on Instagram. Does Randy Orton show up at Survivor Series? Starting off, starting off hot here. The big questions. I think the answer is probably yes. And look, the thing with Randy Orton showing up is very different from CM Punk showing up. Randy Orton's return is imminent. Like it's happening at some point in time. So I think that probably it happens at Survivor Series, but if it doesn't happen at Survivor Series, I feel like it happens on the Raw after Survivor Series. But I don't think that we end 2023 without Randy Orton back in WWE. But yeah, so Randy Orton is coming back. It's just a question of when. It's not a question of if he's coming back. It's a question of when he's coming back. Survivor Series feels like it makes a lot of sense. And then it builds up to something, a match, maybe Royal Rumble. I feel like that's what we're going to see here. CM Punk on the flip side. I know you didn't ask about CM Punk, but there have been a lot of people asking about CM Punk. And the last Ask CVV, we did a question about CM Punk, and I went into a whole deep dive there about that whole situation. So if you want the full answer on that one, go check out the last Ask CVV, which was like four-ish weeks ago. But I think that everything seems to be lining up to have CM Punk back in at Survivor Series. I mean, it's in Chicago, Survivor Series. It, it just feels like a lot of things make sense there. I won't be surprised if he shows up. And at the same time, I won't be surprised if he doesn't show up. But I think what, what I would be most surprised by is the fact that we're even having this conversation right now. I mean, when he walked out of WWE nine years ago in 2014, it felt like he had completely left pro wrestling in general. So when he returned to wrestling in AEW, that was a huge shock. And that is arguably one of the biggest returns in all of pro wrestling. I recently did a social media video where I was like, what's the biggest return in pro wrestling? Is it Triple H with the, you know, returning after the quad surgery and that massive reaction at Madison Square Garden? Was it John Cena coming back from the pec injury and that huge reaction that he got there? Was it CM Punk? And I think that, I mean, CM Punk was such a big return because you didn't think it was going to happen. Whereas the other two that I just listed off there, Triple H and John Cena, you knew they were coming back, kind of like this Randy Orton situation. Like, you know, he's coming back. It's just a matter of like when. With CM Punk, I feel like his life could go on completely fine for the rest of his existence if he never returns to wrestling. And I think that he'd be okay with that. And that's what makes that whole CM Punk situation so interesting. Because him coming back creates a whole another storyline here. But him not coming back, I feel like also makes a ton of sense. So all of this is to say, Survivor Series certainly seems to line up for a probable return from Randy Orton. And also, everything seems to line up here. And the hints that WWE's been placing, I think we could see CM Punk there as well. But we'll see. I will be in Chicago for Survivor Series. So if you happen to be there, it'd be awesome to be able to say hello to you and snap a photo or whatever. But if you're going to Survivor Series, I will see you there. Sean Finch, 86 on Instagram says, who do you think is the new AEW signing? And this is what's really interesting. So this episode's going to come out on Friday. We're going to have the answer the next day. So if you're listening to this after the signing has been announced, just know that this was you know, the speculation that we're talking about here. Of course, this came from Tony Khan tweeting, 
AEW has agreed to terms with one of the world's best wrestlers, a pro who is known and respected by virtually every AEW fan. They'll come to LA to sign their contract this Saturday, November 18th on pay-per-view at AEW Full Gear. And there has been so much speculation here uh, as to who's this, who is this going to be. And the three names that keep popping up here are Will Ospreay, Mercedes Monet, and Dolph Ziggler. And I think we need to scratch Dolph Ziggler off that list. I don't know why people are bringing his name up here. His contract will not be up until December. This is That's what happens when you get released from WWE. You have 90 days where they continue to pay you. And then your contract is done and then you're free to go wherever you want. So I, I'm not sure. I, look, I understand why people are saying it's Dolph Ziggler, especially when they're saying one of the world's best wrestlers, a pro who is well-known and respected by virtually every AEW fan. Yes, of course, that sounds like Nick Nemeth slash Dolph Ziggler. But he's out of the question here. Not possible with the terms of the contract and the release that he had. And that goes for everybody else who was released at that same time. They've got the exact same situation here. So I think that that leaves us to Will Ospreay and Mercedes Monet. Will Ospreay has been very vocal about the fact that his contract with New Japan is not up until February. There could be some sort of situation here. Tony has a great relationship, it seems, with New Japan. So it could be some sort of situation here where his contract got bought out from New Japan or they have some sort of working agreement here. So I guess that's possible. But Mercedes Monet seems like the most likely person here. So that's who I'm going to put my money on. I could be completely wrong here. Maybe it's not even one of those three names. But we will find out. And I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of people listening to this episode who have already found out. So that's where we're at here as of Friday, November 17th. Anything can happen, you know, between now and full gear, but that's where we're at here. Great questions already so far. Thank you for these. Matthew Dunn, he is at the 905 guy on Twitter. And I like that, Matthew. I'm from the 905. That's the area just outside of Toronto the 905. So I, I'm from the 905. I am a fellow 905 guy, Matthew. Do you remember the first time that you were ever publicly quoted in the same sheets that you once read as a kid? That's a really good one. And yes, I do remember it. I remember the interview very specifically. It was the interview I did with The Miz right before he threw out the first pitch before the Cleveland Indians game in 2011. So we're going way back here. Quick interview. It's up on my YouTube channel if you want to go check it out. But we talked for, I don't know, maybe four minutes. But he said something right before we really got into the questions where I was like, oh, I was just at WrestleMania 27. And he was like, oh, I don't remember it. I was concussed. That ended up making headlines. I didn't even put two and two together when we were having the conversation that that was a big headline that would be coming out of that. He also said during that, and this was during the CM Punk pipe bomb time, he said that that storyline was as interesting as what was going on in the Attitude Era at that time. I knew that that was like an important thing. I knew that that was a big statement. That also ended up making headlines. And I was so unaware of this. I had been posting interviews on my YouTube channel at that point for, I don't know, a few months. And most of those interviews were some of the celebrity interviews that I had done. I had done some interviews at WrestleMania 27 that year. So you'll see like an interview with Cody Rhodes and Dolph Ziggler from Atlanta that year. 
There's also an interview with Quentin Tarantino and Oprah on there. So we're going way, way, way back here. So I didn't have a lot of subscribers on my channel. I think I put that interview up and you know, had a few hundred views maybe. I woke up the next morning and it had 6,000 views. So I know that that's not viral, but that was a big step up for any of the videos that I had ever put up. And then I went to bed and then the next day it had 36,000 views. And I was like, oh, something is up here. And I started going into like the analytics in YouTube and realizing that some of the quotes from that interview were getting picked up on some of the dirt sheets. It was being spread everywhere on Reddit. And I was like, oh, wow, that's a thing. And because I worked in media, because I worked in broadcasting and was familiar with how this worked, I was like, well, next time I do an interview and something newsworthy comes out of this, I'm going to take that quote and I'm going to let the websites know about this. And that Honestly, that was a little thing that I did that nobody else was doing. And we're talking 12 years ago now. Nobody else was doing that. And my interviews were getting picked up so much more as a result. You know, tiny little thing, like a tiny little sentence from a 10 or 15 or 20 minute interview. I would send that sentence or that quote over to the dirt sheets, over to the websites, and they would all get picked up. So that was something that I, I, I feel like more people should have been doing at that time. And I saw a real white space. So to answer your your question specifically, Matthew, that was the interview that first got picked up. And that's when a light bulb went off in my head and I went, oh, these websites are starving for content. So if I can make it as easy as possible, if I can type this out, almost like a press release, uh, I, Chris Van Vliet, spoke with so-and-so at such and such event they talked about this topic, this topic, and this topic. A link to the full interview is here. And some of the most interesting quotes are below. That's literally the framework of the email that I would send out and still do send out if I'm being completely honest. And that was, I think, a real game changer for my YouTube channel then and is has continued to be a big game changer for the YouTube channel as well. This episode is brought to you by Zbiotics. And I don't know about you, but I don't bounce back after drinking like I used to. You kind of have to make a choice. You either have a great night or you have a great day the next day, but not both. That is until I found Zbiotics. Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. Here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's actually this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. So just remember to make Zbiotics pre-alcohol your first drink of the night, drink responsibly, and you'll feel your best tomorrow. So Thanksgiving is right around the corner, so make sure you stock up on Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic before you feast and you'll be thankful that you did the next day. Go to zbiotics.com slash CVV to get 15% off your first order when you use the code CVV at checkout. And by the way, this is backed with a 100% money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for whatever reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Just go to zbiotics.com slash CVV. Use that code CVV at checkout to get 15% off your first order. 
This episode is brought to you by Bond Charge. And if you follow me on social media, you know that cold plunging is something I do every single day. And now I've been stacking that with sauna. Yeah, if you want to burn more calories to help with weight loss, or if you're looking to detoxify after maybe having a few too many drinks, check out the sauna blanket from Bond Charge. Bond Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every single way. You can burn up to like 600 calories in just one session with their sauna blanket. I was looking into getting like an actual sauna, like a sauna you would sit in, but they were like many thousands of dollars. Checked out the sauna blanket. It's a fraction of the price and it has the same results as the sauna. Heats up quickly. Actually, it heats up the quickest on the market of any sauna blanket. Super easy to clean up. So if you've been looking into this, if you're looking to get an edge, just like I am, go check out bondcharge.com slash CVV and use the code CVV to save 15%. That's bondcharge, B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E.com slash CVV. That coupon code is CVV. You'll save 15% off and you are going to love this sauna blanket. Real Scottish genius on Twitter. How did you find out about F3 Energy? What is your favorite flavor? And whose code do you use when you get some? (laughs) So I've known about F3 Energy since the very beginning. My friend Harrison Rogers is the brainchild behind this. He's the CEO, the founder of the company. And I love Harrison. Such a great guy and such a brilliant entrepreneur. He's also the guy behind UFL, the United Fight League. You might've seen people like Rampage Jackson or Frank Mir talking about it. UFL is the first ever fighting organization that gives their fighters benefits and also stock options in the company. So, I mean, talk about giving back, right? Talk about giving back to the fighters who are putting it all on the line in the cage and He also is the founder of F3 Energy. So I've known about this for a long time. And you know, we've got a lot of great sponsors on the show. If you've been listening for a while, you've heard a lot of great sponsors who support the show. But I am a big fan of F3 Energy. I'm a big fan of everybody who sponsors the show. I don't take on any products or sponsorships if it's not something that I don't believe in. But I really believe in F3 Energy and everything that they're doing. They have some great flavors. My favorite flavors are Tropical Theory and also shout out to Original. Original's kind of like cotton candy flavored and it's good. So you've seen me and my guests drinking it in interviews like the recent Tyler Breeze one with Eric Rowan. There's quite a few of them and you're going to be seeing this a lot more often. And whose code do I use when I get some? Of course, I use the code CVV. There's a lot of 10% 10% codes out there. A lot of you can get 10% off with this code. Well, let me tell you this. You can get 15% off when you use the code CVV at f3energy.com. And if you don't want to get it from f3energy.com and you don't want to wait, you can get it on Amazon with Prime Delivery. You won't be able to use that CVV code though. So you won't be able to save the 15%, but if you want it on Amazon and you want it like now cuz they'll I think ship it the next day. You can also get it on Amazon, but big fan of F3 Energy. You're going to be hearing 
a lot more about F3 Energy in the many months and years to come. And with that said, I will take a little sip there of my F3 Energy tropical theory. Sawyer on Instagram says, I love the episode that you recorded with your wife, Rachel, last year. Will you be doing another one again this year? That was one of my favorite episodes that I did last year. It was the last episode that we uploaded of the year. And it was my wife and I, and I had this great year. We had actually just got married like a week before we recorded that. And it was also like a way to introduce Rachel to the audience. I think a lot of people had heard about her, maybe seen a photo, but like, who is she? What's she really about? What's her whole story here? So that episode served two purposes. It was one, to introduce Rachel to you, you know, obviously a huge important part of my life. And you're also a very huge important part of my life. So I wanted to kind of put those two worlds together. Like, hey, this person, meet this person. There you go. And the other thing was it kind of served as a time capsule for that slice of life at that exact moment in time. And that is honestly an episode that I will go back and listen to, to just remember where we were. Because at that time, we had just got married. We had bought a house about six months before that. She was pregnant at the time. So a lot has changed and evolved since then. So my goal here, my plan, it's not even a goal, my plan is for this to be an episode that we do every single year. So it It's going to be the last episode we do of every single year. And we did that one while we were up in the mountains of Idlewild, California, this beautiful cabin that we were in. And we were just sharing this moment together. So we're going to Lake Arrowhead in December. And the plan is the same, to bring out the microphones, hit record, and do another episode. So keep an eye out for that in the next six weeks, like the end of the year. Wow, it's crazy to think there's only six weeks left in the year. I don't know about you, but 2023 has flown by. (laughs) Aaron Bittner on Instagram says, how was the Iron Claw? So I was so grateful to be able to see the Iron Claw last week at the world premiere in Dallas. That was so cool. I was in the theater watching it with the cast and the filmmakers. It was really cool. I can't give you a full review yet. Reviews are embargoed until the week of the movie's release. It comes out here in the US on December 22nd. So we can give you a full review at that point in time. I can give you a reaction. I'm I'm allowed to give you a reaction. And I will say, this is the best representation of in-ring wrestling that I've ever seen in a movie. So the actual in-ring work that you see, like Chavo Guerrero just did amazing, amazing work here. You'd never know that Zac Efron only trained for, I think it was seven weeks to do what he did. Like he looks like a a veteran in there. The story is, I mean, if you know the story of the Von Erichs, this is going to come as no surprise. It's heart-wrenching and very emotional at times. And we'll be able to give you a full review in a month. But right around the episode or right around the release of the movie, I'm also going to have Chavo Guerrero back on the show to just talk about the Iron Claw and also all the work that he's doing with wrestling in Hollywood. Like Chavo is the guy when it comes to wrestling in Hollywood. So if there is a scene of a movie or a TV show and it involves pro wrestling, Chavo's the guy they call now. So it's not just the Iron Claw. It's also Young Rock and Wow and Glow. Glow. Like he's he's the guy. 
And it's amazing the sense of realism that he brings to this, especially if you're a wrestling fan. I think that the Iron Claw is going to be perceived very differently if you're not a wrestling fan. Like, I think everybody's obviously aware of wrestling, but if you're not in the weeds, like as a huge wrestling fan, I think you're going to view it differently. And I'm not saying it's going to be better or worse. It's just you're going to view it differently because there's a lot of inside baseball in there. There's a lot of like, they are speaking the language of wrestling. They're talking about heat and going over, and it's not really explained there. So as wrestling fans, for us, it's kind of like a, hey, I know what they mean here. Hey, I get that reference. At Dog Cosmo on Twitter, <laughs> does Trish Stratus actually smell like a unicorn fart, or is that just some sicko's fantasy? <laughs> so Trish Stratus was at the world premiere that we were at in Dallas for the Iron Claw, and I was so grateful to be able to do an interview with her there. I told her during the interview, you smell fantastic because she does. I don't know what perfume it is that she uses. I, I highly doubt the perfume is called Unicorn Fart, uh, but she smells great, and she is great. She is personable and kind and funny and Canadian, and I, I love it. So quick story here. I'm at the red carpet. This is how red carpets work. They give you a printout of all of the people that, that, that are planning to attend the red carpet. And there's like a, they call it a tip sheet. And there's a, a headshot of the person and then their name. So you know like exactly who they are when they come onto the red carpet. So you can prepare a little bit. Her name and her photo was not on this tip sheet. And there was four pages of different people that were supposed to be coming and, and did. Her name was not on there. So right when the red carpet opened up and they started like taking photos, she's on the red carpet. And I look down and I'm like, is that Trish Stratus? And I'm like asking around, I'm like, guys, I think that's Trish Stratus. And they're like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Is it? And sure enough, it's Trish Stratus. She walks onto the red carpet, takes the photos for the photographers, like the professional photos that you'll see on all the websites now. And then she leaves the red carpet. And I'm like, oh no, like she, is she not coming around? Is she not doing interviews? And then I see her behind the, the red carpet area. And she's like, just taking some photos with some of the other cast members and some of the other people, like just photos, like on their iPhone. Let me just take another sip of F3 here. And I'm like, oh no, I don't think she's doing interviews. And she walked by me and I'm like, hey, Trish, could we at least take a photo? She's like, of course. <clears throat> so we get to chatting and I'm like, are you going to go back on the red carpet? She's like, well, I already took the photos. I'm like, but could we do a quick interview? And she's like, well, let me see if I can. She had to like ask for permission. And she came back and she's like, yep, we can do it. And that's the interview that you see on my YouTube channel. She was so kind and gracious to be able to share uh, like five minutes with us. And, and I'm working on getting her on the show for like a longer sit down, hopefully hour long interview. So we can just talk about her incredible career. And we are both from almost the exact same area just outside of Toronto, the greater Toronto area. There's a lot of, there's a lot of synchronicities here. There's a lot of similarities. So I, I would just love to be able to spend some time with her and it's in the works. So just remember this conversation that we're having right now. Now remember this, when you see the episode in hopefully a month or two or three or something like that. Mark Spicer on Instagram. What is your honest opinion of Logan Paul? Like I've said it many times, he is he has surpassed everybody's expectations as a pro wrestler. 
And I feel like he has, I think he's now graduated past the idea that he's just a celebrity wrestler in there. I think that people forget, like, I think that there's this like mentality when it comes to quote unquote celebrity wrestler that everybody just like lumps them into the same category as David Arquette. And we all know the story with David Arquette and him winning the WCW championship and like how people feel about that even 25 years later now. But I think that Stephen Amell came in and really changed that. And Stephen Amell crawled so that people like Bad Bunny could walk. And Bad Bunny by no means is just walking here. He's crushing it. But what I'm saying is like he broke the mold so that then other people like Logan Paul, like Pat McAfee could take this and just completely run. So you could have your criticisms of Logan Paul and whatever you think about the videos that he's posted or the, the person that you believe that he might be from what you see on social media, because I doubt you've actually met him. But of all the criticisms that you might have, the least of which can be his wrestling ability. Like he looks like a veteran in there. He looks like a guy who's been wrestling for 10 years and he's had eight matches, not just eight WWE matches. He's had eight matches. Total. That's it. Not eight indie matches, not eight tag team matches, eight matches. That's it. And each one of them has been great. And each one of them has also been that much better than the last one. So now he's the United States champion and he's doing with the United States title what he did and is also continuing to do with Prime, where it's just like it becomes part of his brand. He's bringing it everywhere he goes. He's incorporating it into all the posts that he's doing. He's doing interviews on major networks while wearing the title. Like this is not just a hobby for him. And I, I, I feel like that's what people thought for a long time. They just thought that this was something he was doing on the side because he thought it was cool. It is very clear that he's taking this super seriously. And again, whether you love him or you hate him, He's bringing a lot of eyeballs to pro wrestling in general. And I think that that needs to be applauded. The chosen one, 42023 on Instagram. What's your honest opinion of Seth Rollins? So good. So good. And I think he's going to go down as one of the greatest. And it's amazing that when you talk about like these dream matches, like if Will Ospreay goes to WWE, it's got to be a match with Seth Rollins. It's amazing. Like when, when Cody comes back to WWE, it's got to be a match with Seth Rollins. Like he's kind of in that spot right now where not only is his character work amazing, but he's one of those people that is going to have a great match with absolutely anybody that he's in the ring with. And I know this really hasn't been teased or talked about, but I feel like we're going to see Randy Orton and Seth Rollins work a match together at some point soon when Randy Orton comes back. And those are two guys that everybody just heaps praise on when it comes to like how good they are in the ring, how good they make everybody else look. So, you know, you put those two guys together, that's just going to be absolute magic. Seth Rollins still clearly has many, many years left, but he's already doing such great work. And the way that he's reinvented himself, every new reincarnation of Seth Rollins feels like it's just that much better than the last one. So yeah, big Seth Rollins guy. I haven't done an interview with him in like 10 years, something like that. 
Yeah, I think it was 10 years. Yeah. Go back. It's it's on YouTube. It's it's fine. It's brief. It's like 10 or 15 minutes. Boy, I would love to have him back on the show again sometime soon to talk about everything that's happened between then and now. Joker of Wrestling on Twitter says, I know you always talk about The Rock versus Hogan being your favorite match, but do you have another match that stands up there as one of your all-time favorites? I think for me, of course, Rock Hogan, it's it's not, not just my favorite match. It's also The Miz's favorite match and Cody Rhodes' favorite match. It's the match that I would show to anybody who's never watched a wrestling match before in their life because just that crowd reaction, so good. Like the, it, that match tells such a great story. And of course, you know, I, I've told you this story a million times. I was there, you know, my first ever WrestleMania. I'm the same age as WrestleMania, so it's WrestleMania 18. I was 18, blah, 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 blah. The other match that is super rewatchable for me and perhaps my favorite, like, in-ring match, like in terms of just the actual wrestling that happens, is Christopher Daniels versus AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe, Unbreakable 2005. That match, I think, made me rethink what's possible in a wrestling ring. Like that match, I already knew TNA was great. I was already a TNA fan. I saw that match and I went, oh, well, (laughs) I don't think I've ever seen anybody quite do this stuff before. And that's a match that here we are almost 20 years later that stands the test of time. That's a match I go back and watch often. And if for whatever, whatever reason, you've never seen that match from TNA, I invite you to go watch that at some point today or this week or this weekend. So, so good. And it also really shows you how great AJ Styles was back then, how great Samoa Joe was back then, how great Christopher Daniels was back then. And how much better they've gotten since then. So, you know, I'm a big TNA fan. You know how excited I am, if you listen to the last Ask CVV, about TNA coming back and that being the brand again. And this was one of the matches that I think was like the real, like taking the flag and planting it down and going, this is what TNA is all about. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. I don't know how to pronounce this. K. Sheetsis underscore Sakdiva. I might've got one of those, right? I don't know. What would be the base of how to start being a creator? This is going to sound so simple, perhaps maybe over oversimplified, but you just got to start. I think that there's too many people that get into the idea of like this analysis by paralysis. They overthink the idea of like, well, it needs to be perfect. It needs to be this. It needs to be that. No, it, it just needs to be done. It, and I know it, it, it's never done, right? Perfection is the enemy of progress. I love that quote. And it's something I come back to all the time, but I, I just think you need to put your first video out, your first podcast out, your first piece of art, whatever it happens to be. And then you'll put out your next one and it'll be better than your last one. And then you'll put out your next one after that and it'll be better than the one before. And you'll just keep building on that. So I think the most important thing you can do is, is just start. And also get around other like-minded people who are doing the same thing as you and, and facing the same problems that you have. That's the whole reason I started fulltimecreator.co. It's, it's, look, it's a brilliant mastermind where we've got a whole bunch of people who are like-minded, doing the same thing and chasing after the same goals. And me and my buddy, Travis Chapel, who have been there and we have done it. We've made a ton of mistakes. We're the ones heading this up and you can learn directly from us, pick our brain about everything. I mean, we really serve as your mentor for this. So if you are a creator at any point along your journey, I feel like you'd be foolish to not jump in full-time creator and really expedite your process here. Like instead of trying to figure this out on your own and making a ton of mistakes, why not jumpstart your progress here and skip ahead a few months or a few years by really tapping into the knowledge that we have here. So fulltimecreator.co, I talk about it almost on every episode because I'm actually blown away that more people who are in the creator space or call themselves creators haven't joined in here. So if you were listening to this and that sounds like you and you've thought about it, go visit the website, fulltimecreator.co and check it out. It's a dollar to start. You can spend two weeks with us for a dollar. And what do, I mean, what do you have to lose? A dollar? You have a, you have a dollar to lose? So I'd love to see you in there. Here's another question about creating. Ryan Stuckey on Twitter says, do you think that too much posting can almost be as bad as not posting enough? I don't think so at all. And I think that when it comes down to metrics, look, I have 300,000 followers on Instagram and my posts get, I don't know, a few thousand likes, you know, a few, maybe 10, 20, 50,000 interactions or like uh, impressions. So I'm well aware that there's a big portion of my audience that is not seeing these posts. So if you follow me on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube or Twitter or TikTok for that matter, you know that I post a lot. And that's kind of our MO is just like, take all the posting and just you know, throw it out there. So I'm posting five to 10 pieces of content a day. And I'm well aware that most of my audience is not going to see all those posts. And I think that that's the fear here. I think that the fear for some people is like, oh, you're going to get so annoyed by all the posts that I make out there. 
And the honest to God's truth is most people aren't going to see all those posts. So if you post three times on Instagram, the majority of your audience is only going to see maybe one of them, maybe two of them, because that's the way the algorithm is set up. So I, my whole thing is to just keep putting content out. And again, it does not need to be perfect. It just needs to be telling a story of some sort it does not need to be perfect because it will never be perfect. And if you're striving for perfection, you will never post anything because it will never quite be perfect. Dan R at DTM 410 on Twitter says, had you stuck with wrestling, what did your definition of success slash I've made it look like to you? I don't know if I thought that far ahead. I really, I really don't. I mean, I was doing the backyard wrestling thing for two years, I guess maybe a little bit over two years when I was in high school. And then I trained and I've told the story many times, but I trained in Toronto at the squared circle, had kind of a fork in the road moment where summer was coming to an end and I had needed to decide, was I going to put all my effort into wrestling school and continue with that? Or was I going to put all my effort into school school, which was starting back up in September? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get my degree and I'm going to continue with school and wrestling will always be there, which it has been. And I'm so grateful for that. I don't think I'd really thought ahead, but you got to remember here, I was going to wrestling school in 2004, right? 2004? 2003. I went to wrestling school in 2003. So at that time, like, as a kid from Ontario, Canada, there were not a lot of other people I could look to to go, oh, that's the way it's done. Of course, there were the anomalies, right? Edge, Christian, Tristratus being like the main ones you could think of. But in that like group of people at that time, there were just a few that went on to do anything, whether that was in Impact Wrestling or WWE. And off the top of my head here, they were Sean Spears, who got signed, I believe, in like 2006 or seven to WWE. There was Eric Young, who, of course, had a great career in Impact in WWE. Tyson Dukes, who did some stuff for WWE and Impact Wrestling, but there wasn't like a ton of people. It's not like it is now. The indies at that time weren't what they are now, and I just didn't see, and again, I didn't fully complete my wrestling school training, but there really wasn't a trail blazed. There really wasn't this roadmap of like really crushing it in Canada, being able to go to WWE tryouts, them offering you a visa because you had to you know, obviously go work in a different country. That roadmap didn't really exist. And the indies weren't what they are now and really didn't become what they are now till really to like the mid 2010s. Like the indies really didn't start becoming this huge thing till, you know, the, I guess a little bit later on, but like the Bucks and Cody, like really started to do something there with you know, getting people noticed and getting a lot of eyeballs on India companies, but it just didn't exist at that time. So I would think that if I trained in 2003, it would be an indie debut in 2004 ish. And of course the goal would be to get signed. And at that point it would be impact or WWE. That would have been the goal for me. But it just didn't feel like that roadmap was out there. And I say it all the time. The best, sometimes the best things in life are the things that don't happen. And 
that's how I feel like my entire life has gone. I'm 40 years old right now. Like when I get out of bed in the morning, my neck doesn't hurt. My back doesn't hurt. My knees, my elbows, shoulders, they don't hurt. And a lot of my friends who are the same age as me, who have been wrestling for the last 20 years, they can't say the same. So I'm never one of those people who lives in regret. I'm never one of those people who looks back and goes, oh, what if, what if this happened? Or what if that happened? Not at all. So I, I, I can't say that I really gave it that much thought, but I will say this. If Chris Sharp were to have been what I would have wanted him to be, I don't, I don't even know where I was going with that. All I was just trying to say the name Chris Sharp. That was my wrestling character. I hadn't even given it a lot of thought of like, I knew what I did in backyard wrestling, which didn't really make a lot of sense in terms of the psychology of wrestling. What would I have done as an indie wrestler? I have no idea. I don't know. I feel like I would have been like a black trunks and black boots guy, but I didn't even really put enough, a lot of thought into that. <laughs> Name man on Instagram. You, you've sent in a few questions here. I appreciate that. Name man on Instagram. When you have an off day creating content, what do you do to get over that slump? That's a great question. Look, these are all great questions. <laughs> they really are. I think for me, the thing is creating content is now my job. And Brendan Schaub, when I had him on the show a few months ago, he put it in the best possible verbiage and terminology that I had I thought about it that way, but I had never found a way to like vocalize it. He was basically saying, like, when I worked for ESPN or CBS Sports or whatever it happened to be, I had to show up to work. In the same way that you have to show up to your job, whether you're feeling it or you're not, you show up and you give your best for that day. And that's how I feel for content creation. Like no matter what, we're going to have an episode on Tuesday and we're going to have an episode on Thursday. And then every few weeks, we're going to have an episode like this on a Friday for Ask CVV. But it's like, whether you're feeling it or you're not, it's just like, you're, you're going to work. And it's not like you can just like, boom, turn it on and like automatically like be creative. You can just flick a switch and like the creative switch has been turned on. But I feel like you're kind of always, you got the creative juices flowing, whether they're flowing a lot or they're just kind of dripping out, creative juices are there. But I think the biggest shift for me was being accountable to my audience. And as the audience continued to grow, I wanted to be accountable to them. And when I say accountable, what I mean is I am going to show up every Tuesday and every Thursday, and I'm going to put out an episode. And in me showing up every Tuesday and Thursday, I will hope that you will also start to show up every Tuesday and Thursday. And it's become like a job. Again, back to that quote earlier, perfection is the enemy of progress. It doesn't need to be perfect. And I think that that's a big thing here is like the episode doesn't need to be, if we're talking about a podcast, it doesn't need to be like perfectly edited with the best content ever. It just you know, you got to put it out there. You got to show up in the same way that if you've got a job at nine to five and you're working Monday to Friday, you've got to show up Monday and you've got to show up again Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. You know, that's just how it works. So that's it for me. And yeah, some days you're not feeling it as much. I don't think I've, I, yeah, I've certainly haven't talked about this actually. One of the things that really is, is it's take, it's difficult to do is putting the ads together that you see on the YouTube channel. Because when I have the conversations, when we record the actual episodes, those are easy. I, I do all the research. We turn on either the camera, whether we're in person or the Zoom 
conversation, if we're doing, you know, one of the rare virtual ones that we're doing, those are, you know, it's kind of just like, okay, let's hit record. Boom. An hour later, we've got it. With the ad reads that we're doing, it's like, okay, there's so many things about this product or service that I love. All right. What's the best way to be able to tell my audience that in the most succinct way possible while also telling them like, okay, make sure to go to whatever the website is, .com slash CVV. Like I, I actually find that to be difficult. And there's sometimes when I see it on my schedule where it's like, okay, we've got an ad for uh, my bookie and we've got an ad for Fitbod and we've got another ad here for whatever else, you know, something else might be. It's like, okay, F3 energy, whatever it happens to be or NordVPN. It's like, okay, great. How can I say this in a way that sounds different from last time and still have people still be interested and realize that I am in fact truly passionate about this thing? Because these are all products and services that I use. That's something that I feel like if it's not, I wouldn't call it a slump, but that's something that like takes a little bit of extra effort to like word it in a certain way and try to make it sound better. But again, it goes back to the main point here of it's part of the job. You got to do it. And then it's on to whatever the next task is today and then the next tasks tomorrow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brian Dowie on Instagram. We've got a few more left here. And thank you, by the way, for all these great questions. If you want to include one on the next one, hashtag AskCVV, and we will get to it. And between now and then, I'm sure we'll have a lot of things to talk about. We'll have a whole recap of Survivor Series and probably talking about CM Punk's return and <laughs> Randy Orton's return and everything else there. Brian Dowie on Instagram. How did you find the balance between an interview being enough like a conversation while also being strongly focused on the interviewee? That has truly been one of the toughest balances ever. Because when I started out, I was a news reporter. And when I was a news reporter for Checks TV in Peterborough, Ontario, Canada, you're trying to extract facts out of people. You're trying to get sound bites out of people so that you can start to tell a story. So a lot of what you're doing when you're a news reporter is you're asking the who, what, when, why, how questions. So who did the thing? When did they do the thing? Perhaps why did they do thing? And if this is some sort of event, where where are we? I, I would uh, so often start those interviews with, so where are we right now? Because I was not only the reporter, I was also the I was the cameraman and the editor and the producer <laughs> and you're the news reporter. You have all these different hats that you're wearing when you're at a small station, which also made me appreciate all of the many various jobs that exist in broadcasting. So. To go from that, the like who, what, where, why, how type of interviews that we were doing for the news station to the next job I had, which was being an entertainment reporter slash TV host on MTV to Canada. And you're interviewing celebrities and musicians and my first interview with Bobby Lashley, you're doing all those kind of interviews. They start to evolve from like, okay, we're telling a story here to like, we're promoting something or trying to like dig in deep on an album or 
a movie or whatever it happens to be. I think it was just the doing it. It was the doing it there day in, day out that helped me to get better at it. And also watching people who were masterful at this. Like you would watch a Howard Stern interview and it never felt like an interview. And another name that you probably don't hear a lot, but he's a huge name in Canada, is George Strombolopoulos. He had a show called The Hour on CBC. And he was so good. Go check out some of his interviews with like Chris Jericho or there's tons of interviews, but George Strombolopoulos, The Hour, what the show was called. He was so good at just making these sound like conversations. So I would watch these people. I would study the greats. And I would just try to pick out moments of like, oh, look how he transitioned from this point to this point. Oprah's also really good at that. Barbara Walters, so good at that. Like we're talking goat level here. And I would just study those people and I would go, oh, wow. Because at that point in my life, a year or two into my career, I would ooh, I would cringe if someone saw my full uncut interview that was at that point 10 or 15 minutes long. I'd be like, oh man, because I'm clearly just going, here's one question, then here's another question, then here's another question. And it really took me a while. It took me many years of honing this and working on it. And I would like test myself. I remember working in Toronto would have been three, four years into my career. And I remember going into interviews like with like no notes. I would just like, I would have some general knowledge about a person and I would know about their album or book or movie that was coming out. And I would know a lot of like general knowledge about them. And I would just go in and I would test myself. Like, can I have a great six minute conversation with this person live on TV without a safety net? And that was like a real test. And I, I think that this platform of having a podcast has benefited me so much to be able to have even better conversations because you're not restricted by a time limit of like a four minute celebrity interview or a 10 minute radio segment. It's like you hit record and you say to the guest, Oh, this might be 45 minutes. It might be an hour. And sometimes an hour and a half later, the episode ends. So I think that just the format of like an open-ended conversation has helped, helped so much. And I also a long time ago, stopped thinking about them as interviews and just started thinking about them as conversations. If you bump into someone at the grocery store, what's the conversation? How does it flow? You're not thinking question, answer, question, answer. You're just flowing with the conversation. So that was, that's been a, that was a real test. But I, look, I constantly think that I'm working on this all the time. It's, it's a work in progress all the time with every single episode that we put out. Okay, wow, this is the last one. Diesel Tom on Twitter. Thank you again for all these questions. What is it like to have a birthday on the same day as Kane's favorite <laughs> famous storyline? <laughs> so, so yeah, my birthday is May 19th. Remember that was the big storyline with Kane because See No Evil came out on May 19th. And it's funny, anytime I bring up my birthday, and I brought it up a lot last year, because that was the, the goal date for when I was going to be in the best shape of my life by my 40th birthday. So I kept saying May 19th, May 19th, May 19th. And people were like, don't say that date. If Kane hears you say that date, I want to do an interview with Kane just to let him know like, hey, thanks for like making my birthday like a thing. Like, thanks for putting it on the map. And side note, I think See No Evil might be the best WWE Studios film, certainly of that era, but maybe in the entire library. Like, I think some of them were just a little, I don't know, they were direct to DVD or direct to home video for a reason. I feel like See No Evil was like a legit horror movie with 
some pretty great performances and a fantastic script. I don't know. I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion or not, but see no evil's great. So is May 19th. Okay, there we go. Another Ask CVV in the books. I look forward to having you guys join me for the next Ask CVV. I'm, I think we're going to put these in a little more frequently. I think right now they're like once a month. What if we put them in every three weeks? So that'd be like every sixth or seventh episode. Would you guys be good with that? Let me know. Please, if you enjoy this, share with a friend. If one of your questions got answered here, share that with a friend. Share it on social media and tag me so I can share it out as well. I love these episodes. And I'm so glad that you enjoy them enough too to stick around here all the way until the end. We've got some big interviews coming up in the next few weeks here. I just recorded one with Gunther. And man, he is so entertaining and like funny. Like he's way funnier at a character than you would ever expect. So that's the next episode. You can check that out. I'm driving into LA in a few hours here to go do an interview with Zach Gowan. He happens to be in LA, so he's going to join me in the studio. What a story he has. What a story. And we've got another bunch of interviews, not quite confirmed, so I don't want to put them out there yet, but a lot of really good stuff that's coming out here. And I'm going to leave you with this quote from Miyamoto Musashi, Musashi, who said, if you know the way broadly, you will see it in everything. That is such a great quote. If you know the way broadly, you will see it in everything. Be great and be grateful, my friends. We will see you on the next one for some more insight. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.